0: Number to make you feel like it's not as bad as it is because all I know is I'm paying a fuck ton more when I go grocery shopping now than when I was just a year or two ago. Money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money. Oh, money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money. Money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money. Oh, money money yeah yeah these contributions are mandatory <laughs> money money yeah yeah money money oh money money yeah yeah money 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 yeah yeah money money oh money money yeah yeah these contributions are mandatory ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to a new episode of the Pinhead 198 Podcast. And I'm sorry for the last audio interruptions last time, Uh, the audio was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Money, money. Let's move groove money, into this. Yeah, yeah. It's good to hear from you guys. Once again, My the last audio wasn't so good. It was on and off. I'm going to try to uh, pull that back. I can't hear very well, but you know, my hearing is even less than it was before. So this might be louder or this might be lower. Who knows? And I'm drunk, so... Let's go. On this edition, we are going to talk about the upcoming horror movies in 2022. What I can see, what I'm looking forward to, what we might see, who knows. But we need to go over them. Plus, we will do a full review of Fozzie's new album, Fozzie Bear, Christopher Jericho's band. I was pleasantly surprised, I gotta tell you, but we'll go through it all and then some on this come dumpster episode of Pinhead 198. So let's, let's look at what we're looking forward to this year. There's really not much in horror this year I mean we all know we have the conclusion of Halloween's end in October which will probably it will probably be the same time slot that we got with Halloween kills. And I'm pretty sure Jason Blum, even though he's the revolutionary force in horror entertainment, his brain-dead ass will still... And I don't understand this practice because it's so fucking stupid, especially... When we're talking about going into the precipice of the final Halloween film. The final Halloween film. You know, wink, wink. Wink in the gun. This might be the final Halloween film with Michael Myers himself in it. Jason. You're a fucking hack at your job. If you simultaneously do what you did with Halloween Kills. By simultaneously streaming it on Peacock and in the theater. This is proof positive beyond a shadow of a doubt. You are a fucking hack as a horror film producer. If you had any brains in your head whatsoever. Okay? And you had any... You like Because you love money. We know that. If you didn't like money so much, you wouldn't have pushed the fucking black phone back to June in the Conjuring slot. So we know you like money. If you really, really wanted to make really good money for your studio, you would make this exclusively for the the theater all the way up until December and then you drop it on Peacock. December 1st. But you won't do that. You're going to do the same shit you did with Halloween Kills, and you'll drop it the same day, cutting shit in half because you're a hack. And quite frankly, you're not only a hack, but you have no faith in your artists that do these movies because you wouldn't do this shit. Same with Firestarter, which is coming out May 13th, next Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Let's look at it. The new Firestarter remake, which is under the Blumhouse. (laughs) Fucking contention once again. You're releasing it the same day as you're releasing it in the theater. That proves to me you have no faith in this film. May 13th, that's when started. is coming out, not only in the theater, but same day as Peacock. Man. Who's the director? Keith Thomas. If I was Keith Thomas, I'd be really fucking pissed off right now because this proves to me you have no faith in our film. When you do this shit, you have no faith in our film. I don't care. How I feel about Firestarter. Whether it will be good or not. You cut the nuts from underneath these films by doing this shit. And it proves that you have no faith in these films. Halloween kills when you did what you did. I understood why you did why you did it. Because you were trying to get the most money out of it as you possibly could. Fine. Fine. But with movies like Firestarter, you should not do that. Because most of this generation, let's just be honest here, they don't fucking know the Drew Barrymore original film. They don't know that this is a fucking Stephen King adaptation only because you keep... Only, only, the only time they know it is you keep hammering it in their head over and over and over and over. And over again, every trailer, every TV spot, every fucking soup, you just keep... Ha- otherwise no one would know this is a Stephen King film. You could have a great film that these guys don't know about. Maybe there's a small few like myself, the horror film buffs, but for the new generation, you really could have hammered this home. And Actually, had faith in I don't know Zach Efron, Ryan Kira Armstrong, who's playing Charlie, who is the replacement for Drew Barrymore in this. Yeah, Sidney Lemon, you could, you know, Kurt Smith. You know, you could have had faith in all these guys. And you don't because you're double downing on this shit so you can make the most money you possibly can because you and I both know this movie will suck because you have no faith in it. I might have a little more faith in this remake if Jason and company had more faith in it not releasing it doubling down. This should just straight be in the theaters. And let and if it bombs, so be it. You know how you make the money back? By releasing it sixty day, 45 to 60 days later on Peacock. Where people already have... Do we not understand this? This is so pathetic that you guys cannot get this. You're fucking hacks and bums at your jobs. But we keep doing this. So this proves to me that Firestarter, because you have no faith in it... Why should I, as a horror movie fan, have faith in it if you don't have faith in it? Fuck Firestarter. And I don't even want to say that. I'm going to go see it in the theater. Whether it's good or bad, I uh, fuck Peacock. I'm going straight to the theater and I'm going to support horror movies in the theater to counteract this Jason Blum, dumbass, fuckwit mentality that is... We gotta make the most money we can as soon as possible without having any faith in our artists, our directors, our writers, our cinematographers, our actors. Fuck them. We gotta do it now. We need to make that money real fucking quick. You're hacks. You're, and especially you, Jason, you're a fucking bum. And every day when you pull tactics like this, you prove to me that you are a hack-ass bum that knows nothing about artistic value as far as horror is concerned. I know. I know a lot of people suck your dick, especially people that I respect. There's a lot of YouTubers and people in this community that suck your dick and think that you are the future of horror. You are not. You are a hack, and this proves it. We also have the black phone. Let's see when the black phone's coming out. Cause you pushed that back. We were supposed to get it in February, but you didn't have faith in it. You didn't have faith in Ethan Hawk. You know, and then you're gonna do it again. I, I'm sure you will. Even so, who who produced this? The director is Scott Dickerson, you know, the director of the first not so much of a mess Doctor Strange film. Um this is ridiculous. So you have a competent director who knows his shit in horror because we know he knows his shit in horror because he directed the first Sinister film which is one of the best modern day horror films I've seen in a long time. We're not talking about Sinister 2. We're talking about the first one. Brilliant. But who cares? You know... Who cares? When we need to make that money, we need to push it further. It was supposed to come out February. We were all excited about it. You could have made a great February horror movie. What? Pinhead James. There's no way it could have succeeded in February. Are you sure about that? Because a month before that, Where horror movies or any movies go to die in January, Scream 5 made a killing. But, you know, horror movies can't make money at the box office in a doldrum era unless, you know, we say it so. Have more faith in your community, but you don't. Because you're a fucking hack that just wants to make the most money you can. Anyway, we got the Black Phone now coming out. When When is it coming out? Let's look. The Black Phone is now released slated for June 24th. Hmm. That... Seems familiar to me, you know. That seems like the conjuring slot. So, so prove me wrong. Let's see when it came out. What came out last year? What conjuring film came out last year? The Devil Made Me Do It, correct? That came out last year in June 4th. 2021, like I said, The Conjuring slot, he's only doing it a couple of weeks, you know, the tail end of June, so you can get really excited about it, because this isn't The Conjuring, but it's still a Blumhouse film, and we're going to push it, so Please support this film, even if it's trash. Please support this film and destroy this man because he's garbage. And don't give him the support for it either. I can't stand this motherfucker. He's so fucking stupid. Because you know what's going to happen? The black phone is not going to perform like The Conjuring. Why? Why? I don't know because maybe because the Conjuring is already established IP for over a decade, whether it be spin-offs or the direct films. You doing this shit, putting it in the slot, and I know why you're doing it, and I get it. You're trying to make that Conjuring money because there's no real, true Conjuring films, in whether it be the Conjuring Four. Or The Conjuring Presents. There's no Conjuring films in that time slot. So you had to push this shit back to try and pretend that this will be the new Conjuring. Because I'm sure you interfered and did some shit in there. And we're going to lead in just like you did with Sinister. Which was perfect as a standalone film. But you know it did so good at the box office for a non-major IP and people really enjoyed it, well, we gotta make a sequel for it. We can't just leave shit alone. We just, we gotta make a sequel for it. And this is what you're leading into. Don't, don't pretend with me, Jason, that you're not doing something different. You are trying to make the Black Phone, and I know because I know there will be a twist ending where it will. It'll va- it could be a standalone film, but it, it'll leave it vaguely open enough so we can make more sequels. You know, Black Phone 3 and the Black Phone universe, and, 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 and Black Phone meets the Conjuring universe. You, like, you guys can't stop doing this shit. You just can't let artists do what they do and have a standalone film. You just can't do it. Because you're fucking hacks. When Wes Craven died... And I'm not saying that he's the end-all, be-all... But when Wes Craven died, that was the last... And I know he didn't want to be a horror director... Because he tried to expand out of it. I understand that. But when Wes Craven died... The last gatekeeper of true real horror. Now we're just running amok. So, and here we are. And obviously, it's already been a thing before Wes Craven died. Let's not be foolish, but when Wes Craven died and the nail was in the coffin, that was the last true blue horror. R- when Stephen King and Clive Barker die, Y'all are going to fucking run amuck with this shit and make horror the most bastardized bullshit you ever had made it, even now, today. I already know your tactics. You're just waiting for the old horror masters to die. And once they're dead, you're going to run amuck and make horror an absolute bastardization of horror. And a shell of what it once was. You guys are fucking garbage. And guys like Ariaster and other people like, I can't even go down the line. I don't even want to mention their names. Not that I don't know them. Is I don't want to mention their names because I know if I put their names out there. I'm contributing to you guys destroying horror legacy and what's left of it. Because there's a lot of great guys trying their heart out to make horror consistent. And expand on the legacy. Not reproduce it, but expand on the legacy and make their own things. And you guys are going to squash that. I know you will, because you keep doing your fucking genre pictures that the normies are cool with, but most of us can't stand. Congratulations, Jason Blum. You fucked up whores single-handedly. Sorry for that. but I can't stand this mentality. This idea that horror cannot make money unless it's over-budgeted genre pictures like Marvel. Like, you want to be like Feifel. You want to be like Marvel, Feifel. Stop. Horror has never been that. Horror has always become... Horror has always been under-budget and over-fucking-box-office Kick sales. Horror has always. Even in the most B-movie bullshit. Horror has always been under budget. And high profit. Under budget. High profit. And now we're going into defy territory. You know Marvel. Now we gotta be like Marvel. We gotta be like Kevin Feige with horror films. We gotta make a multi-universe. No, we don't. But okay. Do you not understand why The Conjuring is still why it is what it is, and why it has become what it has become? The Conjuring universe, you, especially when you talk about those first two Conjuring films. And the second Annabelle film. The first Annabelle film was fucking trash. The second one was great film. Those three films made so much money, and they scared so many people. Now we gotta we gotta make a universe. Now we gotta make the Nun and La Llorona and and, and the cousin of La Llorona, Ta- uh, El Tacoto. And then we gotta make... And then we gotta... We gotta make the Korean version. Cause you know... You guys don't... You got... Hollywood can't help itself... Without... Siphoning off the gas of... J-horror... K-horror... And C-horror... China-horror... You guys love... Stealing from Koreans... And Japanese... And Chinese... And calling it your own... Even though... We all know... It's not your fucking own... Because... America... Is brain dead. The attention span. Of a gnat's fucking dick. But you know. We made it right. It's so disrespectful. To the entire lineage. Of horror across the fucking globe. I, I, I'm sick of this practice. And I'm sick of you. Motherfuckers coming in here. Saying well this is The. Uh, This is the establishment of horror. And this is the way it should be. You are the same motherfuckers that brought that bullshit of elevated horror in here. I'm I'm trying to be a good boy. I'm trying to be a pacifist more and more nowadays. But some of you guys that... some of you guys are really, really, really trying to destroy my favorite genre. You deserve to have your elevated nose into your brain. That's all I'll say. So we'll leave it at that. We have those two movies. We have a... Let's go over... You know, because I'm sorry. I went into a rant, and I'm sure... The audio isn't so good, but who cares? 13 of you listened to my last episode. You don't have to listen to this one. You can turn it off. So let's look at the horror movies in 2022. And I'll go over them without a rant. Scream does not count because we... So we'll go past what we... Stream happened. Where were you there? There's a movie called Student Body coming soon. Let's see when that's coming. Who cares what it's about? We'll just support it. That'll be... So they're just saying 2022 so that'll probably be soon. Or it's out already. We already had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre which was absolute fucking grot. Studio 666 with Dave Grohl. Grot And I know I watched it was fucking trash. It should not be considered horror just because, you know, the drummer of Nirvana and the lead singer of the Foo Fighters who watched Kurt Cobain blow his brains out should be in a fit, fuck you you piece of shit. Fresh, I have not seen yet. I've been told great things about it. Especially for my boy, uh, Mike from Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. He said it was good. We'll see. X, like I said, that was a movie. Uma, which is mother in Korean. I want to see that with Sandra. Oh, that's already out. I'll be doing a review on that soon. Choose or Die will be doing a review on that soon. Firestarter is not out until next Friday. Oh, and then my favorite. This is the one I'm looking forward toward more than anything. And we talked about it in the last episode. The Alex, Alex Garland's new film. Single White Cis Male. I, Excuse me, men. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Kind of confused there. Sorry, men. I cannot wait for men. See what else we got? Uh, oh yes, Crimes of the Future, the new David Cronenberg film. That is my most anticipated horror sci-fi film of the year. I think it's between that and men. As far as horror and sci-fi are concerned, men, as far as films I have not yet seen yet, because we're still early in the year, men and crimes of the future are my two most anticipated. We'll see if they work. And then, of course, we got Mistaken. July 22nd. But anyway, Nope. Nope from the... Yep. Exactly. July 22nd. Maybe I should (laughs) read... Nope from the Master of Black Genre. Then we have a movie called Bodies, 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 which is supposed to come out August 5th. We have Resurrection, which is supposed to come out August August fifth as well, starring Rebecca Hall. And you know what? I don't know shit about this, but I'm excited about it. After I saw Rebecca Hall in The Night House, and I love Rebecca Hall. She's a beautiful creature and a beautiful actress. Can't wait to see what that is. Let's look at the synopsis. Marguerite's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined. And successful. Everything is under control. That is until David returns. Carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's pet. Okay. So we might even... Who knows? I'm looking for it. Oh, God. Then we got a Salem's Lot remake. September 9th. God. What else? Can you guys come up with shit... Stop with the Stephen King shit. Can you do it, please? Can we just stop with the Stephen King shit? I love Stephen King too. Him and R.L. Stein helped me read when I was a youth. I get it, I get it. He's a legend. Can we do? Can we do uh Frank Herbert more Frank Herbert stories? Can we do more H.P. Lovecraft? Oh no, we can't do more H.P. Lovecraft because into this modern- he's a racist. You guys need to grow up. You know there's a lot of women out there that have made some great horror, too, that you're not adapting, you know. There's some Anne Rice novels and Mary Shelley novels that you didn't, but we won't talk about that, right? Anyway, Halloween Ends is the next one. We have October 14th. Don't Worry Darling, Who Cares, September 23rd. Oh, and this is my this is the one I'm looking forward to. Evil Dead rises, the next Evil Dead horror film on HBO Max, which will probably come out November or some shit if it comes out. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessed demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish versions of family imaginable. That's... And they don't even have a date for it. And then we come to the one that I'm looking most forward to that we have no word on whatsoever but they still claim it is coming out and you guys know what this is the Hellraiser reboot from Hulu not the HBO Max series the Hellraiser Hulu reboot Reboot, excuse me it's in post production according to this post production means they're finished Like, post-production means they're finished and at the very best they'll need reshoots, but post-production should mean we should have at least had a trailer at this point. We don't have one. Reboot of the 1987 horror film about an evil creature who is summoned from another dimension. That's not what Hellraiser is about, but... You know, I know your brain deads don't get what Hellraiser is about. It's the reason why you bitch so much about the transgender young lady who is a uh, becoming pinhead. Can we just get Can we just get a trailer? That's all I'm asking for. I'm pinhead one ninety eight. I want a fucking please. And the rest are maybes. Like, we don't know that these movies are coming out. Fuck, we don't even know that the Hellraiser film is coming out now. Until, until I get a definitive trailer, I will not care until I know that this is coming out. But the rest of the list is just maybes and TBAs, to be determined, whatever. But it doesn't matter. I've rambled on enough about horror. Let's get into... The final act of this shitty podcast, which you guys hate. And I'm glad you hate it. The Fozzie Review. And I'd just like to say on a side note, thanks to my boy, filmmaker Mike, he let me know that Fozzie will be coming here to Reno, Nevada. Beginning of the work week on Monday at the brew house. Like the brew house in Nevada is awesome because I've been there one time. You can go in there, you pay your you, you pay your admission as long as as long as you're not lingering and you, and you go in there, you pay your admission, you drink some beers, you watch a band. That's all there is to it. And I would love to see Fozzie. Even though they are slightly a gimmick band. A gimmick, heavy metal, hard rock, man. I'm all for it. I love them. I don't give a fuck. I love them, especially with this new album. We'll get into it. But thank you, Christopher Jericho. Thank you for putting them out on the beginning of the work week. Thank you for coming to Reno on Monday when we're all working. You fucking dog shit asshole. Thank you. That being said, thank you, Christopher Jericho, for doing that shit. Maybe you'll make it up for this album. The new album is Fozzie's Boombox. And before we get into this, I would like, so that I'm not speaking out of turn, because I do that a lot, I know, But, Chris Jericho, if I can look it up, let's let's make sure I can look it up, but Chris Jericho in an interview, I think it was a week ago, if I'm not mistaken, we'll find out as I look it up, but Chris Jericho, I think a week or two ago, as, as this album is being promoted, you do that, you know, you go on radio shows. You promote your album, you do all that shit, but Chris Jericho said in an interview, and I'm gonna find it, probably can't. But anyway, uh, from what I read, it I think it was Loudwire, who Loudwire is, uh, is a great. Excuse me. Yeah, a little heartburn there. Excuse me. This is live, folks. Uh, Chris Jericho said on Livewire, which is is one of my favorites, you know, they're a great hard, walk, hard rock, heavy metal rock magazine and whatever. But anyway, the point is, Chris Jericho said that when he was... When they were making this album, the reason why the album is named Boombox, okay, is because... He wanted the same feeling and this dates us all, including himself. According to him, when when you hear this album, he wanted you to have the same feeling that you would have as if back in the nineties early eighties and especially through most of the nineties where you would put your you know cassette Can't talk, you know, I'm a little drunk. Cassette tape into your uh, boombox or your CD, whatever, because, you know, there was CD players with boomboxes, but whatever it may be, however you were dated, you would put that into your CD and the boombox would just, it would play this fucking amazing, whatever, it's the shit you played on the beach, you know. Heavy metal or, 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 uh, rap music, you know, Will Smith rap. Let's just, let's just call it that. Although I will say this is a little more harsher than Will Smith because he's talking about some things that are just, he's talking about shit that's really thumbing the nose up to religion and politics and just, it's it just, I'm a rebel. You know, I'm an out of shape middle aged rebel. And I'm not trying to bash him, but so for metal injection, Alby, be... Alby, be... Album review for Fozzie's boombox seven point five Pretty close. I'm I'm almost there. So let's let's go through it. Let's go through it quick and we'll end this episode because I've rambled on long enough. And I know this will get me in a little bit of trouble, but I don't care, because what are you going to do, sue me? And I'm only doing this because I want you to hear his vocals yourself. So we'll start with saying. Now, we can tell it's very processed. There's some very obvious auto tune in there. But then, even more so than the last album, which I enjoyed, Judas, even though I hate that fucking song, Judas is the worst song in hard rock, rock, heavy metal history. It is grot. But that album itself was fantastic, and the only reason why I say it's fantastic is it was fantastic for what it is. We talked about last time on this episode with Ghost, and even Red Hot Chili Peppers to an extent, where we talk about creative creativity and the melding of guitar playing and the production You're going to get great times with Fozzie's Boombox, just like you got with the last album, Judas. There's going to be some very, very bad misses here. I understand that. That's why Metal Injection, which is another reputable heavy metal source... The fact that Metal Injection, which gets very harsh sometimes, gave it a 7.5 out of 10. That's high. And I can't disagree with him. And as we'll see, my, my rating is actually almost close to the precipice because this is a fun album. This is a fucking fun, hard rock heavy metal album. And sometimes that's all we ask for. We don't need ultra-deep bullshit. I know. I get it. The world's tough and it's harsh. Exactly. The world's tough, it's harsh, and it fucking sucks a lot of the times. And a lot of the times for most of us, I don't care if you're black, white, gray, yellow, brown transgender, non-transgender, homosexual, heterosexual, it doesn't matter. A lot of us sometimes just don't give a fuck about that and just want to hear good times. And this album? It's fucking great times. It's good times. I Still Burn is a... I hate this song. I hate it, so I'll skip it. If you guys like it, that's fine, but I fucking hate it. This is my favorite song on the album. Purifier is... This song is fantastic. We'll, we'll, We'll go over it real quick and we'll end it. Purifier is a fucking great song. I... I literally wake up sometimes when I'm trying to get a drink of water when my mouth dry and the fucking song's in my head because it's literally about people think it's about sacrilege but it's actually about preachers who believe they're above God and that's what purifier is about. If you actually pay attention to the lyrics it's about preachers and pastors who use religion to Push people into the garbage. And it's very relevant considering, you know, regardless of what side you're on with Roe vs. Wade. It's very prevalent to what we're going through now. But Purifier, great song. Great metal groove. And I also like it because he actually uses more of his voice than the auto-tune, which I can't stand the auto-tune. I know Chris Jericho doesn't have a great voice, But when he actually utilizes his voice toward the lyrics and the grooves of the metal and the guitar riffs and the drumming, it's fantastic. And Purifier, yes, there is auto-tune in it. We know it because most of these songs have auto-tune to cover up for Chris Jericho's shitty vocals. But when Chris Jericho actually used passion in his voice and actually tries to do melodic tones It actually comes off really good even without the auto-tune when he's talking about shit he's actually passionate about. So Purifier is my favorite fucking... Second to nowhere to run. Because also it's a, a nowhere to run as we'll get toward that. Nowhere to run is about, you know, a guy having to redeem himself. A lot of this stuff is about redemption, which is crazy because these are supposed to be boombox, like as we boombox summer on the beat shit. But a lot of this shit is really deep, far deeper than Christopher Jericho deserves. So let's go on to Army of One yeah Army of one sucks, so we'll go let's see ugly on the inside so ugly on the inside is okay I don't hate it but then we get to their cover of you know Frankie goes to Hollywood's relax and it's actually not a bad cover I'll I'll give him credit. And we won't play too much. But Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relaxed cover is actually really good. I wish you guys would stop the audio tune, though. And you can always tell when auto tune is used because the the reverberation across the fucking, especially when you're, when you have like JBLs or Raycons or Apple AirPod, like any earbuds, you can hear the reverberation of the fucking auto tune, and just, it's mind numbing. At the same time, you understand why Chris Jericho is doing it. But then we get to our second our my second all time favorite tracks on this fucking album Nowhere to Run this is a fucking great song this song is epic for a modern hard rock heavy metal band and he still uses autotune but he uses very very little of it I love it. I love it. So, and then, and then he starts to get into, and the reason why I like it is because he really gets, he really gets into, his abuse of alcohol, why he's on this road, why he's going, why like why he's gotten fatter than, like if you really pay attention to what he like, where do I go? Go from here. Hold my breath and lost my fears, something like that. Nowhere to run, nowhere to run. Where do I go? I just like one more. Like the the, the lyrics are very passionate. If you actually pay attention to them, let's. I think so. Let's pull them up because I think uh, we can do this here, right? I would hope so. So he goes, where do I go? Go from here. Hold my breath or disappear. Nowhere to I. Nowhere to I. Nowhere to wind. Where do I? <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. I love this song. Where do I go? One last thing to make it right. Like he he's amazing. When he's not overusing auto tune and he's actually using his passion, he's a fucking great song he's a great front man even though most of his lyrics are written for him but that's a discussion for another day right let's continue on <laughs> My Great Wall is a great song we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up because we're, we're about to end and I've rambled on but My Great Wall ooh, great song you can hear this for yourself. Go to title. Go to Spotify, where I listen to it. And if I had to close it out, Oh, is my favorite song, other than uh, Nowhere to Run and all those other ones. But we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up with there. Um, I think I agree with Metal Injection. I will give Fosse's Boombox album, because we're talking about the lyrics, what what well, we go through the riffs, everything, and I won't say it's a concept album, but it's on the fucking precipice of being a concept album. For those of you that don't know what that is, God, listen to more music, please. <laughs> anyway, it's on the precipice of being a concept album for, but for what it is, it's an eight out of ten. And that's saying a lot because their last album was like a seven point five. What Metal Injection gave this album, that was their last album because you had Judas, which was fucking trash, and it, and it and it was the and it was the song that made them a household, not a household name, but it's what it's the song that made them gold. And people laugh at those only gold like. It's hard to get gold. Trust me. For hard rock albums. For heavy metal albums. It is hard to get gold. Unless you are Slipknot. Or System of a Down. Or Tool. Or what. Newer. You know. You're going to get gold. And it's hard to get gold. It's fucking hard to get platinum. Platinum. If you actually pay attention and look how hard it is to get a gold album, let alone a platinum or a two-time, three-time platinum, it's very hard. There are very few artists that have reached that plateau of platinum status. As far as where they've had multiple platinum albums, Eminem is one of the very few. So... You know, when you laugh at gold, yeah, gold may be laughable, but gold is still, you had to sell some shit to get it, so, and these guys are, you know, a gold, I see this album if we really push it one time platinum, and I don't even know if we can get that for Fozzie's Boom 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 block I, I think maybe gold at the highest plateau with what they're doing with what they're producing with new producers who know what they're doing and doing this shit we might get one times platinum at best and that will be Fozzie's plateau throughout their entire career even beyond their next album or two albums whatever so 8.5 out of 10. I'm even going to give it an extra bump. 8.5 out of 10 because it's a fun, fantastic album. I'm enjoying it. I love it. I'm going to listen to it a couple more times. I might even jerk off to it sometime. You know, who knows? i might even fuck my bitch to it. Who knows? Who knows? You know, you know, and, and that's what these albums are made for. So you know. Anywho, that's that. We've rambled on enough. I've kept you here long enough. Hopefully the audio wasn't as shitty as last time, but we'll see. There'll be one more episode soon. Probably not down toward the line. We'll get into wrestling very, very soon, if you want it, but if not, let's go fuck ourselves. At any rate, I love you guys. I'm glad you stick around for this long if you did at this point. I don't know why you would. You may be as crazy as I am, but I welcome you. As we say... Suck some great cock, eat some good pussy, and pound that bento box into oblivion. And I love all y'all. Peace, bitches.